all of a sudden we're talking about things that I realized we had spent the past 20 years of our lives together and hadn't really fully shared ourselves with one another, nor have we fully explored ourselves for ourselves. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 107. We're Finn and Emma, and today we're talking with Chris and Fred. They've been together about 30 years and have a really fun story. Yeah, they've been in the lifestyle for the last four years, but really, as you'll see, they've been, actually, as you'll hear, you won't see it. <laughs> they've been doing some form of non-monogamy for a good chunk of their marriage and just didn't really have the words to describe it. I would also say that this is a really good episode if you're maybe, I don't want to say convincing your partner, but if you're trying to introduce maybe a partner to the idea of swinging or non-monogamy, this is actually probably a really good one for them to listen to because of the way these two approach it and just some of the ways and some of the things that that Chris has to say about being a woman in the lifestyle, about the safety and really just about being a sexual being and as a woman is yep. it's, it's fantastic. And so we we hope you take a lot out of this and thank you to them for being vulnerable and sharing with us. Yeah, they also share a fun strategy for checking out a club if you're new. So stay tuned and listen to that. Yeah, that was definitely a first for us. <laughs> uh, real quick, before we get into things, I know a lot of you probably fast forward through our little advertisements or promotions or resource section here. But we would ask that maybe in this one, you just don't do that. We've got a couple of things that are different and wanted to share a little bit of information and then we'll get right into the show. So our announcement is that we have been working the last few months on some additional audio content, and we are going to put it, be putting out 10 extra bonus episodes. Now, these are different from our normal interviews where we interview people in exploring non-monogamy. These are going to be focused on a topic. So hence, we're now calling them Focus Fridays. Yeah, we're as Emma said, we're super, super excited about it. Our first little glimpse at that is going to come this Friday, so in two days. We're going to be putting out a trailer. We're going to run through all of the topics, just what they are. And the other thing that will happen this Friday is all of them will be available all at once for download uh, and basically at any point from Friday on through our website and through a service that we used similar or through the service we use when we put out some meet and greet tickets where people can pay pay what, make, what makes them feel good for the service or for the content that they're getting. So if for you and all you can afford is free, then that's totally fine. We we want people to have it. We don't want to hold this content hostage. And again, it's all going to be coming out every week starting next Friday on our normal podcast feed here. But we just wanted to make sure that uh, we got it all out there, all in one chunk for people and gave people an opportunity to either have it for free or to make a donation if if they felt like it. 
Yeah. So again, you can download them all from our website or you can listen every Friday for the next 11 weeks, I guess, because this Friday is a trailer. And we were going to be covering a lot of fun topics. We have a lot of amazing contributors that helped us with this content. We had a blast. And thank you to everyone who helped us do this. So please stay tuned and listen to all of this. We're really excited to get it out there. Yeah. And and thank you for your support in doing that. And again, as, as Emma said, we, we actually pulled in some contributors for this that we haven't worked with in the past. Yep. And we're super excited to be able to share that and shine some light on them as well. So thank you to them. And, and again, thank you to everybody um, for supporting us in whatever yeah. way you can. Yeah. And speaking of support, actually, our Patreon Q&A video call, that's another quick announcement, will be this Wednesday, January 22nd at 9 p.m. Eastern and 9 p.m. Pacific. We do two calls and it's just an informal Q&A session. If you'd like to join and don't know anything about this, go to our website, click on the little Patreon button and you can read all about how to join. Our website is, is normalizingnonmonogamy.com. There'll be a banner there where you can click on for that. And if you're looking for the course information that we were talking about for Focus Fridays, it'll be under the courses tab at the top and all of the information will be there. So thank you for checking that out. Yeah. And with that, let's go talk to Chris and Fred. Let's go. Well, welcome, uh, Chris, Chris and Fred. We've got people who we met in person at one of our East Coast meet and greets. So that's exciting. Yeah, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks. Great to be here. So, yeah, yeah. Well, we got to talk to you a little bit in a rather loud environment. But for, for anybody who didn't get to meet you at the meet and greet, do you mind just starting off by just sharing a little bit about who each of you are? Sure. So I'll start. I'm Chris. And um, Fred and I have been married almost, we've been together almost 30 years, married almost as much. Yep. <laughs> um, we're both in our upper forties and, um, we have been lifestyle, I would say four years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're on four years now, but we have had experiences in non-monogamy that we didn't realize like the language of it for on and off most of our relationship mm -hmm. starting very early on. <laughs> yeah. Basically our entire adult life. Mm -hmm. And um, you are? Off and on. So I'm Fred, um, as Chris said, upper forties, and yeah, yeah, we've had a, a pretty solid relationship most of our time, but it hasn't been without its bumps and bruises here and there. And I'm sure we'll talk yeah. about some of those as well as some of the fun times, <laughs> yep. which we've had an abundance of. So um, overall, very blessed to to be together still for yeah. sure, and it's been a been a pretty great life. So yeah. Two adult kids and mm -hmm. live in a suburb and, you know, yep. everyday mom and pop kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> like yep. most people. Yeah. You know, just kind of living your life. Yep. Yep. I I would not say that uh, we look necessarily like your classic swingers, but that is how we identify as kind of traditional swinging, non-monogamy <laughs> style. Um, yeah. I'm becoming less comfortable with terms myself, but mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that's that. okay. You can you can uh, describe it however you want. Yeah. It doesn't have to be an exact label on it. Right. For sure. Well, and maybe then, can you take us back to the the early days as they were? And it sounds like you said you had some experiences early on that maybe weren't official, but but were definitely adjacent to the swinging world. I guess maybe what did that look like? 
Well, we met at a New Year's Eve party, and I love to tell the story that the first time we met, Chris wanted to sleep with me immediately, which is absolute truth. Although it's no, not no. really the whole <laughs> Technically, <truth>. he says <laughs> this. What was actually asked of him is whether I could sleep in the same space where he was going to be sleeping. Not if I could sleep with him, <laughs> but we did meet the so, literal. Sleep. Yeah, exactly. Yes, the literal. literal. Can I sleep like in the same room <laughs> behind the same door? So, but we actually met through a mutual friend. It was someone who, for me, I mean, I was 18, he was 19. Mm -hmm. And it was someone for me who was, um, I would guess it would be defined as a friends with benefits kind of a relationship. He and I were, and he, brought Fred to this New Year's Eve party. And I met this guy who was so quiet and shy and, you know, low key and, and then didn't really have much to do with him, much to come, you know, conversation. And then we met up again, the fall, like later on that exact year in May at another party with mm -hmm. this same friend. And, um, that was kind of the start of us seeing one another and dating one another, but it was, between that friend and the two of us that we had an opportunity to have some, what we didn't realize was like a non-monogamous kind of a structure at the start of our relationship and having some fun, the three of us, um, at the start of our dating. And I'd say by a fun week of debauchery. Yeah, fun week. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and yeah. Did it feel strange at all or just no completely comfortable? It felt completely comfortable. It felt complete for me. It felt completely normal because I knew both of them and they knew each other and they were comfortable with each other. I don't know if it necessarily felt as comfortable for them. Oh, I think it was very comfortable for him. Yeah. <laughs> he, he had no problems with this whatsoever and had been trying to get me into this scenario oh. for a while. Um, I definitely had been kind of, uncomfortable with the whole notion of it, but as it unfolded, it worked out really well. Yeah. And, and it was, it was pretty comfortable pretty quickly and a lot of fun. So yeah, it worked. <laughs> yeah. So, and so, so to clarify, so the, so the guy is not to say his mission, but one of the things he was trying to do was create an experience for, for Chris with two other guys. And that just, and Fred, you happen to be the other guy or how, were you guys dating at that point? Uh, so Fred and I were dating, but he and I, though we'd had this like on again, off again, friends with benefit relationship, I was not wanting to have any, any kind of intimate relationship with him. And I think part of it was that that was something that he, you know, he enjoyed when we'd had time together, but I think he realized that Fred and I were getting more serious. So the option was if there could be something that the three of us, then maybe mm -hmm. there could still be some fun to be had. And that was fine for the time that we had the opportunity for it. But yeah. um, so that it was a relatively brief interaction. Okay. Yeah. It, was, it was a week of fun. And then we kind of moved on to our more serious traditional relationship and engagement um, and, and marriage. marriage. Mm -hmm. um, and he was our best man. Yeah. That was kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, that's awesome. So, yep, so, yep. so then what? Well, oh. then we moved right. um, quite a distance away. So that relationship kind of petered out and ended, Yeah, um, which was unfortunate, but yeah, um, about 10, well, say we, we had our children really young. So that mm -hmm. we were then in the mix of like parenthood and adulthood and, 
and just chaos and Jobs child and career. And yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was a little challenging for a while, but about 10 years later, we, if you can even imagine we're on AOL and we got into some interesting AOL chat rooms and had some fun conversations online with the old dial up okay. modem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was, that actually led us, we actually met a couple at one point, much more experienced than us for dinner one night, just as a meetup. And that was exciting and terrifying because <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing at all. No, but we, but we knew we, we wanted to yeah. kind of dabble in this again. Right. Um, but it didn't actually work out that time. And so we kind of stepped back from that again for a while. Yeah. A couple years. Well, and I'm going to yeah. interrupt you for just a second. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So to recap, you met at a party, then and started dating, hooked up with a, a friend, which was Chris's old friends with benefits, and then got married. He was your best man. Then you moved mm-hmm. and you know, were in the throes of, you know, child children and jobs and life and everything. Then you started going back on to like AOL, meeting people. Did you know throughout this whole time that it like that the swinging lifestyle existed and non-monogamy yeah. existed? I did not. I was completely oblivious at this point in our life, in our relationship. I did not. However. So <laughs> I, I didn't really understand the full breadth of it. I certainly didn't understand the language of it. But <laughs> but um, there is a club near us um, that we're now and have been members of for several years. It's been around for a very, very long time, over 40 years. So they've had a website pretty much as long as there's been a web. So, so I, I had seen their website very early on and that was how it was described. So I knew that it was a thing for sure. Okay. Um, so, so meeting this couple that you met from the AOL chat rooms, it, you kind of knew what it was all about, at least a little bit. At least a little bit. Yeah. 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 I, again, I wasn't putting a label on it. Yeah. Right. We just well, wanted to have some sexy fun times. And yeah. And how did, yeah. How did that conversation come back up? Right. Because that's, I mean, that's kind of a big conversation to have. Well, the, the kids were a little, were, were growing up. They weren't toddlers anymore at that point. So we, you know, we kind of had our sleep back and um, a little more free time. And we had had, you know, that kind of a lifestyle for many years. Well, not many years, but oh, some years at that we point. We had experience with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, I mean with kids. So oh, was, oh, yeah. It was a break from right. all of the, the, from a lot of the fun stuff. We still had our own, our own good times, obviously, but. But if but I yeah. can interject yeah, though, so there is definitely, and I know a lot of people who are in swing, that, in, that are swingers, they tend to come into things a little later on after their lifetime and their like child rearing and stuff has happened because like that takes a lot of energy. But for, for me as a woman, it took a lot of like my own personality. Like it, it, I became mom more than I was like wife and feeling sexual. And so for that 10, 12 years, I wasn't really feeling as much in that realm. I was feeling in mom mode. So this is where the kids were getting old enough. They were becoming more self-sufficient. And I was starting to realize, hey, wait a minute. Like, I'm not just a mom. I'm also a wife. I'm also a woman. I'm also a sexual being. Like, there's fun to be had. And now I've got my energy back because I have time (laughs) and sleep. And so let's, 
you know, let's try and re-engage some of that excitement again and let's see what we can do. So that's what started with the chats, kind of re-engaging, exciting, little fun times that we would have. And then the opportunity to meet that one couple out of the chat came into a play. But again, I didn't realize anything. I was still probably as a typical person and you hear about so much thinking, you know, swinger as in old seventies with the key parties and all that other nonsense. And I didn't realize lifestyle, anything like that. So for me, I was just like, this was just something kind of exciting between us that was helping mm-hmm. to spark something back yep. in our relationship now that we had the time and energy to enjoy it. And, and I was starting to feeling it. And of course this was not that far off from the seventies. It was the late nineties. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, we must have been in the 2000s. Uh, close to, 2000, close to it. Maybe anyway. not quite there anyway. Yeah. Yep. Well, and so no, but there was the shift then from a, a single guy to yeah. a couple, right? Was that, was that a, a concern at all on your side, Chris? At that moment, it wasn't because it was just like this exploration to meet these people. And we've been communicating and talking with other couples, but that's probably part of why it just didn't go any further in that moment. One, because this couple was very experienced. I was very overwhelmed. And the idea of all of it was exciting in the moment. But when actually face to face across a table from somebody at a restaurant, you just kind of go, I don't know if I can do that. You know, this is too much. What did I do? But it was just a dinner. Like we weren't at their house or anything. So it was perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was definitely one of those. Like, I think it's fun online in the moment, but I don't know about anything else yet. I'm not sure if I'm feeling confident enough in myself yet to go that far. Yeah. So that's kind of what kept us back a little bit outside of that option. Um, But we did end up meeting another couple and getting to know them as friends and having the opportunity over a couple of years to meet with them and hang out with them. And it started off, you know, just fun friendship. And then it got to like fun and kind of flirty friendship. And we would have, we had a hot tub at our house. So they would come and stay with us, you know, once, about once a year. And our kids were older, their kids were younger, but you know, it all kind of next, it mixed in really well. Mm -hmm. And, um, then it got to be like, well, now the kids are all asleep. Well, what's all the adults go in the hot tub and we're all adults. We don't need swimsuits. And couples were playing each couple was with each other, but we were in the same space. And so it kind of slowly sparked. Yeah. Until we finally got to the point where we were like, would it be, what would it be like to actually try something? And at this point we had been talking more about it and understanding a little bit more about the dynamics of swapping. And so we decided we wanted to try a full swap. So we created this whole situation, an opportunity with, you know, kids safe and watched and everything was good with them. We got someplace else and we got together with this couple, have lots of conversation. Yeah, you you did a particularly good job of talking with her um, to make sure that she was really comfortable, that she knew that she could pull the ripcord at any time, either overtly or covertly through you. You could, you know, she could give some kind of a sign to you and you would pull the ripcord for her. Yeah. It, whatever worked, right? Well, I uh, felt like because I had had, Fred and I had, had this experience with our single friend before, I had at least experienced something a little outside the norm of just couple dynamic. So I felt a little bit more comfortable walking into it than I felt she did. 
So I basically, I made the point of she and I being apart and then talking to her separately and saying, look, if you don't like this at any moment and you're uncomfortable saying that you don't, because you don't want to be like the person who kills the buzz or whatever, like grab my arm, squeeze my leg, like just say something. I'll pull the cord. I'll say, I'm, you know, I'm not comfortable. I want to stop. I want to go back to just being with my husband. You have your husband and I'll be the bad guy. And it seemed, everything seemed great. It was a really fun night. We all seemed to have a good time. The next morning we got up, we got in the car to come home, all of us together in one vehicle. And if you've ever been in an atmosphere where you thought you could cut it with a knife, we were in that car ride. It was 45 minutes of agonizing tension. And then we get back to our house and they are screaming at each other in the back of our house. So to be clear, to be clear, they were brand new as well. And this is the same couple that you had like been talking to and hanging out with for many years. Right. That's correct. Yep. That's correct. Yep. Okay. Um, But unbeknownst to us, what they were doing with this experience was trying to fix their relationship with it. They thought that going down this road would fix the problems that they had not been forthcoming about. Uh, and they had some pretty deep cracks in their relationship at that point that this just blew right apart. Yeah. Um, which so- was really, really sad. And and it was a little traumatizing for us. Yeah. And actually we, you know, we, we felt really bad about our role in that, even though really it wasn't really wasn't our fault, but yeah, we, we, we had that experience and then we didn't really reach out with couples again for several Several years years. after that. I was, I was really upset, like, because I, I felt like I'd really connected and she and I had been friends for several years and I had tried so hard to make sure that I wasn't overstepping my bounds and she, her husband definitely did seem interested in me. And though she and, and Fred were very friendly and they, the connection seemed a little bit less between the two of them. So there was a part of it that I actually felt a little bit more like I had done something wrong, or I had played some part in this in a way that I should have known, or I should have felt it, or I should have. So I put a lot of pressure on myself until we realized that they came out it took a while for them to admit to us that they were having problems, had been having problems. And then unfortunately their, um, their marriage actually ended up separating they ended up divorcing. But, um, it was definitely something that we had had a lot of conversations and we did get reassurance from, um, at least from him, she yeah. became really difficult in being able to communicate with after the, after the divorce. But, just in saying, you know, trying to reiterate, we would, this was not our intention. We never wanted for this. You know, we wanted everyone to be able to have an enjoyable time and, and not to be something that negative, but, but you can't, I think it's one of those examples of like the lifestyle can really magnify the good and the bad. And unfortunately in this instance, it magnified the bad and that, and kind of blew that one up. But, um, but yeah, like, that like, is yeah. really traumatic for both yeah. of you though. Like I can't even mm-hmm. imagine Cause then you feel, this is one of your first experiences with a couple and then you feel guilty, right? Yeah. That that was, it was mm-hmm. your, um, fault, even though it sounded like between you two, everything was fine. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. more so that you felt guilty with what happened with the other couple. Right. Yeah. And we didn't, 
I mean, we never wanted for them to have any kind of difficulty in their relationship, but, um, yeah, of course not. Also they were friends of ours. Like we, our families had gotten to know one another and that was a really uncomfortable, it was very difficult in that situation too. So, um, yeah. So how did you recover from that to like come back around and (laughs) decide like, well, you know, it went to shit the first time, but we'd like, we, this is something we want to keep trying. Like I could see that really scaring people off. Yeah. Well, it, like Fred said, it scares off the couples for several years. Um, we didn't had, we knew that we had had good experience with the single friend that we had had. So the idea of maybe looking at this to seeing about a single guy again, might be a better option. So we started looking at that in that direction and found, and had a really great single guy that we would occasionally, and again, it was, it was really intermittent. It was just one person. So it was based on how scheduling would work and they didn't live exceptionally close. So we had to kind of take our opportunities and we got them. But this was someone we had been friends with for a very long time as well. And, and you in particular, relatively close with this person. So it was, uh, almost edging into into feelings and poly uh and you know from some definitions it probably was for for a while um but that person kind of so so that went on for several years several years couple couple years years. and then their interests started to diverge from ours and and that kind of ended that relationship too but but it was it was it was totally amicable we still are friends with that person yeah and and he's great so yeah And that was, I think that was kind of at the point where Fred came back around to the club that's local in our area. And he came, that's when he brought it to my attention. So this was actually the first time that I realized that he had found this years ago. And he's like, oh yeah, by the way, (laughs) remember way back in the AOL chat room days, Mm -hmm. I found this club. (laughs) And I was just like, Oh, okay. Well, that sounds interesting. So we looked at it together and looked at the options about it. And as is the case with a lot of clubs, especially traditional swingers clubs, it's couples or it's single, single females. And if I, this particular club did not have the option of a single males, but if you were a single female, you could go to the club without having to pay like a membership or entry fee. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about it several times over. And finally, mm-hmm. Fred said, you know, why don't you go check it out? Because we were at the time, I mean, real life exists. We were financially, it was something, it would have been a bit of an investment. And I said, but what if we did all of that? And we didn't even want to go there more than once. We'd have to have all of this in our mm-hmm. place. And that would be a lot. Mm-hmm. And he said, but if you can go, you could go check. You could go there by yourself and see what you think. Because if you're not comfortable, we're definitely not going to go as a couple. And if you like it, then we'll go. And if you don't, then we know, we won't. you know, <laughs> right. So one Saturday night by myself, I drove to this club <laughs> and I walked in and at first I was terrified. Like I was terrified. I was going to say that is very brave of you. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Not many women would be, want it, like would be comfortable or brave enough to do that. I think like right off the gate without knowing much about it. But to be fair though, to the club, yeah. they did a really good job of, of making her feel welcome and safe. 
she had called the club, the club and the owners called her back and had a good talk about what it was like to go there and told her um, when she got there, they have guys outside um, helping direct cars for parking and they would walk her from her car and back to her car. And they um, did. And they did all of that and gave yep. her a great tour, which is, as we now know, is a pretty normal thing yeah. for newbies to clubs. But um <laughs> They, they did a really good job with the tour and the, the rules were, were well laid out and pretty healthy set of rules um, as swing clubs go and worked out really well. Yeah. They introduced me to a couple of people, a couple of other couples there that they knew personally, that they knew, you know, were very, uh, that they would appreciate and respect the fact that I was brand new and I was there by myself. And um, so I was able to talk with people there. I was able to get some insight, ask questions. Like people were willing to answer questions that I had. And I actually found that I felt more comfortable if this can be believed, but I am honestly telling you the truth. I felt more comfortable in this club by myself as a single person with like sex happening, like on the dance floor than I felt in a bar, even at a bar sometimes like with friends because I did not feel like somebody was going to do something inappropriate. I did not feel like somebody was going to try and grab at me or something without having a conversation. I felt like people were respecting consent and boundaries in a way that it was not something you even thought about or talked about. The idea of like just trying to walk through a crowded bar and not getting grabbed as a woman. That's, um, that's a, that's a feat. So, (laughs) and I'm walking around this entire club and feeling like, okay, it's an uncomfortable environment and it's new, but I feel okay. And I knew all these people that if somebody even tried something, all I would have to do is say something to the people that were pointed out to me and action would be taken. Right. And the, I mean, the owners of this club are, they went so far as to say you, if it was, even if it was our closest friends who've been here since we first started, if they did something that was non-consensual, they will be banned from the club for life. They have a no tolerance policy. So it felt really great. And mm-hmm. I walked out of there still a little shaky. Cause I was like bundled up with nerves, but I was like, this is a really cool environment. And this could be a really fun place. Even if we just went there just to have fun and explore in this sexy environment, mm-hmm. right? it okay. could be really awesome. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's super so awesome. I to come to home home. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's super awesome to hear that you felt that comfortable. And I think it's, again, as Emma said earlier, like, I think that's the first time anyone's ever said that their strategy for exploring a sex club was, <laughs> Send send the woman for free because <laughs> because that's a thing and she'll bring back. I mean, but it, it I mean honestly, like it sounds insane. But it was. But, I think it was a good. But it's a great strategy, strategy, right? Because if you don't feel comfortable there by yourself, you that's mm-hmm. you shouldn't you shouldn't need Fred there with you to make you feel safe, right? That that's not how right. it should work. Right. And I think. I think that's actually a fascinating and fantastic approach. Yeah. And well, and that it works so well and that that you did feel so comfortable because I, you know, as I know, as you know, too, like it's, it's not always the case, especially in in just like a regular Mm -hmm. bar. So, and, Mm -hmm. and and so when you, you shipped her off to the sex club, was there, was there, make it sound so dirty I, I know you have to say it in the worst way possible so we're but were there were there rules like was it like hey go and do anything you want have a great evening and tell me about it when you get is there oh, some guidelines no it wasn't quite that open 
Um, no, it was was go be flirty, do some dancing, do some sexy dancing. That's fine. But actual play was off the table right. for that night. And she did go and she was flirty and she had some wonderful sexy dancing yeah. from everything. With this great couple. Told. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, she had a great time. And that was, and I was, I was fine with things at, at that level. We'd never done anything separately Mm-mm. to this point at all. So, so yeah, we, we definitely had to have a conversation ahead of time about, I do, I do need some boundaries with this. It can't just be a go free for all. Okay. Well, you say that like I was going to go free for all. No, you weren't. The I'm minute, sure you were. But. The minute he said, but no play, I was like, oh my gosh, what are you talking about? Of course, no play. Like what? That's crazy. I don't even know these people. Right. And I think that's kind of where, like, I feel like we diverge a little bit from what we had contemplated of the swinger dynamic. In that I am not one of these people who could just like walk into a space like that club, even with Fred with me, and to just spontaneously on every opportunity we get, walk in there, find an available person or couple and say, hey, let's go up to one of the playrooms. Like I need to know people. I need to have a conversation. I need to feel a connection. So it's not that I would necessarily need to have developed a relationship so far as like having known them for multiple months, but at least to know them well enough that I could talk with them through a meal or enjoy maybe spending something outside of that environment, Mm -hmm. time with them Mm -hmm. and enjoy their company. That's something that I would need to have. So since to make that, that comfortable, yep. Since that time, we've we've listened to a lot of podcasts. Right. Yeah. Go figure. <laughs> Real quick, um, how long your, how long ago was that? That was four years ago. Five years. Five ago. years ago. Five years ago. Okay. But it it actually so the interesting thing is it took us a year from the time that I went to the club to try it right. until we actually officially were able to get back there as a couple just because of life. Okay. Right. Again, right. another swath of life and kids and everything, and that was. It was in 2016 that we finally decided to take the full-on plunge, go create profiles on a couple of the web, uh, the um, apps, Mm -hmm. and go in there and attend the first newbie night at our local club as a couple. And that was so much fun. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Cool. And in the meantime, Um, meantime, I'll say you just, you listened to podcasts and started doing research. Yes, definitely started doing more research. Hadn't listened to podcasts while I was just looking at this uh, club's website over the years. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, but yeah, so we, we, um, we actually started and I'll, I'll, is it, it's okay to shout out a couple of podcasts. Uh, Definitely. Yes. Um, Yeah. Um, So we started with, with the Joneses and we got a thing. And it, it really, the, where they were at, we started almost right at the very beginning of, of their podcast and, uh, it definitely spoke to us. It was the right language for us at the right time. Yeah. Um, and we still, we still listen to them of course, but then over time they've mentioned other podcasts that brought other us podcasts. to other podcasts. So we've loved listening to your podcast for a long time. We've loved listening to life on the swing set for quite a while. Yeah. And so those are our three favorites, I think. Yeah. I think at this point. Yeah. yeah. Of course you're a big Dan Savage fan. Oh yeah. <laughs> Chris went back and binged the I entire the series. Start. Wow. Yeah. She is now completely caught up in the last, only the well, last year. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, that's, that's impressive. That's, that's over 600 years, episodes. Years. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah, I know. Yep. I, that's right. But when like every for every new podcast that we came to find, I would go to the very beginning and start at the beginning 
and start listening forward. So you, did you yep. do that the for only life one on that had challenges? <laughs> now, now that's the challenging one. To <laughs> <laughs> say that's also a lot. So I, Yep. I tried that and I listened to the first episode and I told them this at the vacation that we were just on. I tried that at the very first episode. I got through it barely. And I looked at Fred and I was like, I don't know how you can listen to this. It's just chaos. Like I I can't understand it. I've got a headache. And he's like, no, you, you, it's great. It's great. And I was like, okay, I'll try it again. I couldn't get through the second episode. So, so I kept, I kept listening. Um, and by the time the first year was done, um, they were even saying, oh my gosh, don't go back and listen to the first year. Um, but from that point forward, it was really good. So I, I got yeah. her back into it with year two and, yeah. uh, and she's, she's listened to all of them since then. Yeah. Cause then he came back at me and he's like, no, 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 no. Don't listen to that. Listen to starting at this episode and then go forward. Like, just forget about the rest of it. You'll hear it. They'll tell you it's garbage. Don't listen to it. I'll be like, okay. That's awesome. And it wasn't that it was good. It was just that their whole format, because there's so many voices, it's really hard to follow. And once they kind of got into a better groove and format after they got through that start point, um, I've absolutely enjoyed it. And the, the progression for theirs and the progression of all of the different opportunities and the people that we've heard through your podcast, all the different interviews, all the different perspectives that started opening up my mind to saying like, what is all of this and how are the different options and lifestyle and what does that mean? And that's when I think it started getting to be the point where I felt like, okay, now let's really like see what there is out there and who's out there. And, and let's start really having some fun with this and exploring because Mm -hmm. by that point, our kids were now adults and we were for the most part able to kind of do things on our own at our own pace. So, well, and so, and so what has that looked like then? Like, it sounds like you've kind of opened the, the floodgates, so to speak, in terms of at least, (laughs) at least exploring what all of this means. So what is, what does it look like for you guys today? So we're still definitely, um, the same kind of style that Chris was describing a minute ago, that, that, and the language for that now is that we would call ourselves social or sapiosexual swingers. We we like to meet people. We like to get to know them. We want to feel like you know we could be friends and try to nurture that um, as we're able to, um, but pretty casually, honestly, yeah. um, and have developed a, a pretty nice core set of of lifestyle friends. Mm-hmm. It's it's always fun going to uh, to what we call swirl events with uh with those guys and what you mean um, by that is a mix of yeah listen. a mix of people in the swinging lifestyle and a mix of people who are not right yes yeah yes that i, I call true. it a neapolitan mix so. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. like you've got the people who are lifestyle the people who aren't and then the ones kind of in the middle that you know they know enough and they hear enough and they're interested but they're not quite either side of the fence yet they're just kind of mm-hmm. So it's like Neapolitan. That's right. That's right. <laughs> when you, mix you get it a little up. bit of everything. Right, exactly. That's right. That's right. Um, and that can create some fun moments for sure. <laughs> um, and so let's see. So for for a while, once we kind of got really into the swing of things, so to speak, um, <laughs> we really did focus on, on just having interactions with single guys and met a couple of, of really, I mean, we met a bunch of guys. Um, and almost uniformly really good guys and 
two in particular, two or three in particular, were really, really awesome. So that went on for a little while. And then as we got more involved in the club and attending the club more and more regularly, started developing a circle of friends that were couples. couples. Um, and so we started exploring that a little bit more, both in and outside of the club. And then found that there's a, so there's a group, like a traveling group in our club, that there's a, a cohort of people that are a part of it. Um, that do different trips every year to a couple of the resorts. So we had the opportunity last year and this, this past July and the July before to be able to go with one of those groups to Hito. So we had done that for two years. And again, with a, they're a more traditional kind of a swinging group. Um, and that was a lot of fun being able to experience that. But we also, like I said, we were talking about the, the lifestyle life on the swing set mm -hmm. and hearing the different dynamics of the swing set takes desire trip and started hearing about the, the additional pieces of this, the additional inclusions in that trip. That's not really part of what you would normally find in a lifestyle group. And that for me, it was, it caught my attention the first year, but this past July, when we went, it, I think it caught it even more so because I realized there were certainly things about it that I was getting a little uncomfortable with. Like I was starting to be able to explore things about my own sexuality. And for Fred, it wasn't something that was, he was lacking as far as exploration for his sexuality, but it was more, I was looking at other people around and realizing, well, I'm, I have the ability to explore as a female. But what? I don't. But if he, if I wanted, to. if he wanted to, or right. other men that we have met over the years, if they've spoken or had interest or even just curiosity, it wouldn't necessarily be something that would be welcome in a more traditional swinging environment. But yet that particular dynamic with swing set was not only, it would have been, I mean, it was open and inviting to all people and all gender, all sexuality and then brought in the last piece of something that I never thought I would see come into that whole dynamic, which I kept hearing like there was either you were part of the kink community or you're part of the swinging community, but you weren't a part of both. Mm -hmm. Like it almost felt like you couldn't, if you were in kink and you said you were a swinger, they'd be like, oh, well, no, you don't belong here and vice versa. So this gave an opportunity like to have all of that together. And that to me was just like, I want to see this. I want to experience this. I want to know what this is like. I want to be in that environment with the people who are welcoming to all of that. And so we just came back from that trip two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah, it was all that I had expected and way more. And it was just such an amazing environment and the people there and like all the different opportunities that you had, but just the feeling of it. Right. Yeah. You know, cause I think you can compare resorts, you know, we were at hedonism in Jamaica versus desire Riviera Maya in Mexico. And I could like point by point, give you comparisons. But as I kept saying, as long as the facilities are well-kept, the staffing are respectful and things are, you know, well-managed, it's about the people you're there with. That's going to make the difference. And of course, I don't know that either of these places would be as good if you just went by yourself as with a group, but there was a definite difference in the feeling and the inclusivity of it with Desire's group. And um, that was really an amazing experience for both of us. 
Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And like you said, even if it's not something you were looking to explore, it's more just the the fact that you could if you wanted to or that other people can. And and I think that that's what makes the difference. And I like that. Yeah. Yep. So I'm and just the for yeah. No, no. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say just also to be able to ex- to be able to appreciate the energies of the people in that environment. Like there's just such an intoxicating energy when everyone is feeling comfortable and open to being who they are and not feeling like they're either having to shun themselves or judged or being kept um, from just being able to express how they feel in that moment. And I feel like sometimes people who don't feel like they're outside, like they, we feel normal, quote unquote, if you're in a monogamous relationship, you feel like you're, well, you're normal. I don't subscribe to normal, but, um, but it's, it's easier to be able to express your emotion and your connection with your partner. If you are a male, female, hetero, normative appearing couple in an environment. And it's just upsetting that people can't all express that kind of compassion and love and appreciate that environment. So that week gave us the opportunity to just be with people who could just enjoy their own love and expression. And you could just feel it. You could feel it from every person you talked to. And everyone was so consensually, like, so what would you say to it? Like they were just so in tune to being a part of making sure that consent was first and foremost in everyone's mind. I mean, right down to which I thought at first was going to seem weird, but to actually having people say like, may I put my hand on your shoulder? Is it all right if I give you a kiss and just something as simple as just a touch to not take for granted that everyone's going to want that. Mm-hmm. Right. That to me was just amazing. So kudos to the entire group that have developed that environment. And Chris is a a really empathic kind of a person. She always, I mean, really, as long as I've known her, she's always talked about being able to feel the energy from other people, whether it's in a sexual way or not. Um, It doesn't really matter. She's just very, very sensitive to to that. Um, And it wasn't really anything that that I could honestly say I, I was really very good at or that I um, had seriously experienced in any deep way, um, can kind of read, read the room relatively well, but, um, and, and connect with people relatively well, but at that kind of level of energy, it was never really my thing. There was a wonderful workshop during the, the trip to desire run by a couple of the swing setters and they did some, some exercises in, energy play and, um, connection through eye gazing and things like that. Um, that I went into it thinking, boy, I hope this is kind of cool, but I actually described myself to the group as kind of a brick. So didn't expect to get a lot out of it, but was utterly transforming. Um, it, it just touched me in a very, very deep place. Um, and I was very much not a brick by the end of that. Um, <laughs> and, and I was a leaky brick, if anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was it was kind of cool. Yeah, no, it, that's it amazing. Really, really cool. Well, yeah, and I yeah, and if, if they hadn't created that kind of safety, I don't think I would have been able to do that. Right. 
um, they just wanted to finish that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that that maybe brings out another question, which is, you know, besides that experience, how how have you two seen this exploration together sort of shift your relationship over the last, I mean, it's really been 20-ish years, but really over the last four or five years since you've, you've started talking about it more seriously, how have you, like, how have you seen that shift and change? I think um, through much of our relationship, we would kind of really go back and forth pretty uh, over long periods of time, but, but kind of through extremes of, of being really pretty connected and then getting complacent and just kind of letting that slide and, and not doing so well with that. Um, now through, through all of this exploration and with all these experiences we have and, um, with all the research we've been doing and talking, I, I talking and talking (laughs) and talking, um, I don't see that ever happening to us again. I really don't. Um, I, I think it would be very, very surprising to me. Did have this year was, was challenging for me in a couple of different ways, um, that we don't need to go into detail about, but you know, th- that little bit of complacency kind of creeps back in and the, uh, but then we come right back to it because we're, we're talking so frequently and mm-hmm. talking so much, um, and more deeply really. Yeah. So I, I think that's, that's been probably the biggest change, yeah. um, other than a lot of really fun times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you would think after 20 years of marriage, like you would have already spoken about everything and you would have shared all of these things. But when we first started into lifestyle and listening to the podcasts and hearing the conversations and asking each other the questions, like sometimes we would be driving and listening to a podcast together in the car. And then we would pause the podcast and be like, wait, so what do you think about that? Like, how would you have handled that situation? What would you have done if that was me saying that? Or if you had said that, how would I have handled it? And all of a sudden we're talking about things that I realized we had spent the past 20 years of our lives together and hadn't really fully shared ourselves with one another, nor have we fully explored ourselves for ourselves, like to even have understood and appreciated some of the dynamics of our own, um, interests and desires and just things to consider as a possibility. And I think one of the best things that I've heard in recent time is, um, and I think it might've been from Cooper, but I, I can't say specifically, you might know as well is, is the phrase of like, you can try something one time and it doesn't change who you are. And if you try something and you don't like it, then you just know something more about yourself. And if you try something and you like it, then again, you know, you learn something more, but it doesn't necessarily change who you are. You right. know, you're still the same person the next day. Of course. Right. Yeah. And right. so you don't have to be afraid to explore. Right. And for some reason, I feel like yeah. sexuality is that it's like that chasm that we haven't given ourselves permission to explore. I feel like we're getting better at it as generations mm-hmm. get more open-minded and accepting, but that certainly has been um, a learning for me, a relatively new learning for me is just the reality of like, I can try this and it might be great, but it might not. And that's okay. And I think one of the, you came, you came up to a conclusion recently that one of the things that you had put aside for many, 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 many years, um, was uh, being able to 
ask for what you want. Yeah. And being okay with that because it was just not who you were for a very, very long time. You were giving a lot to everyone else mm-hmm. around you, which was awesome for us. Um, but over a long period of time, it's not as healthy as it should have been for you. And yeah. so you've come around with that and in a, in a really fun way. So it's been really good. Yeah. I can really relate to that because it's hard to, it's hard sometimes to give in to what you personally want. And, and first of all, understand what you want and come to terms with what you want and then communicate it is I can mm-hmm. completely relate to that because it's something I've struggled with yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Fred is all the time saying to me things like, so what do you want to do? And I'm just always like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like, cause I haven't for years of my life, I haven't asked myself the question. So I don't have the answer to give. And I'm starting to ask myself the question and I'm starting to like, in a way, give myself permission to ask myself that, to answer that question and Mm -hmm. acknowledge that my answer to that question is just as important as everyone else around me that I care about and that matters. And to not take care of myself in that way is actually a detriment to everyone that I want to give to because I'm not fully giving myself. I'm, I'm so drained giving to everyone and not giving enough attention to myself that I'm not being able to like, be a hundred percent. I'm always just feeling drained of everything because I'm never taking the time to regenerate myself in those moments and ask for what I want or what I need. So becoming better at that is really important. And I think that's an important message for women, but not just for women. I think it can happen for anyone. I feel like there's, there's likely in a lot of relationships, there are people who are one person who has the opportunity and they feel that need to give more and you, at times you yourself have to stop and say, no, I need now. And at times your partner will say, what do you want? Like you are always giving to me. What do you want? And we have to give ourselves permission to say, yeah, I need to answer that question. That's important. Like I deserve to have that question answered. Um, and I would say as far as the, the lifestyle and our exploration over the past few years, when, um, one of the biggest things that I think we ended up, and I think it's something that I, we noticed happening to a lot of people. Um, when our children got to that adult phase and were transitioning into that phase, we were noticing a lot of their friends, parents divorcing. And we kept saying, we were not going to let that happen to us. We weren't going to let that happen to us. But when they were you know, out of the house for a significant amount of time, all of not, a sudden, not, not very much time. Actually. No, <laughs> we're sitting there staring at each other in the walls and realizing, Oh my gosh, we are becoming these people. Like we've forgotten how to connect to each other. And mm-hmm. the biggest thing in this communication that the lifestyle has given back to us is it's given each other. Like it's given, I, he, it's given him back to me in a way that I hadn't had the time and the opportunity and the exploration of it and the communication has just become through the roof. And I, I wouldn't have imagined that after 20 years that we would have that be such a spike, but it really has. And I'll, I'll say just a little bit about that moment in time was one of those swings that was kind of a low time for us. We were really, we were struggling for a little bit Mm -hmm. and we found a really good therapist and we're, we're working with him for a while. We were working with him maybe a year 
And then that was the point at which we kind of started exploring the lifestyle more directly, more officially. Right. And kept, kept seeing him throughout that time. But, uh, I think he, he worked, worked us pretty well, kind of set the stage for communication. So that was really good. But once we started exploring this, we were going to a whole other level with it that we weren't comfortable sharing with him because he was not a specifically sex positive, um, uh, therapist. And so we stopped going to him after a couple of years, mm-hmm. um, because it really just wasn't adding anything mm-hmm. anymore. Right. More recently this year, um, when we kind of hit another little rough patch, we said, all right, so we need to find a therapist again. But well, we need to find a sex positive therapist. We yeah. need to find somebody right. who we can be completely right. fully open and honest with. Yep. And that's where we started. Yep. So quick shout out to anybody who's looking for a sex positive therapist, the American Academy or Association, I forget, of Sex Educators, Counselors, and Therapists has a wonderful Mm -hmm. website that uh, lets you find find local therapists that are on their list um, who've taken all kinds of certification programs to varying degrees. Um, And yeah, it's it's a really good resource. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll put links to that. that and that is, gets shouted out by Dan Savage quite a bit. It's uh, it's mm-hmm. ASECT is the, the acronym yeah, they use. Right. And, and we've heard mixed reviews from people about that. We've heard some people say it's really great. And we've also heard some people say that they've had trouble finding people who are truly sex positive and truly open-minded because oh, okay. a lot of people just, they can get a title but not actually walk the walk. And so... Just mm-hmm. something for people to be aware of to really, yeah. as you do in anything in life, like do your due diligence, right? Yeah. Just and, because and somebody has a title doesn't mean yeah. they're. Doing if you're that. uncomfortable in yeah. a situation or you realize that the person isn't what you think yeah. they are, then get out of that. Situation. Yeah, you can you can change anytime yep. you want. You're not. Right. Yep, we actually had so, a had awesome. a list Thank of you for three, sharing that research that research. Yeah, no problem. We actually had a list of three therapists that um, we got off of that website that were local and planned on working, working our way through that list. If we had to, um, fortunately hit a good one right out, right out the chute. So we just stuck with them, but, uh, yep. Awesome. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Is there anything we may have missed that you two wanted to share and get off your chest in this interview? Maybe like a blooper or or any, any, before we get to bloopers, yeah. If there's, if there's anything else that you were like, it, yeah, if there have been struggles, right? Because you guys have talked, I mean, you talked a little bit about some struggles you've had here, but mm-hmm. was like, were there any issues with jealousy or anything like that? Or did you guys largely come through that unscathed? So yes, there has, there has <laughs> been jealousy. Jealousy yeah. does happen. Oh gosh, yes. Um, and it, it's been interesting hearing very, the varying takes on on what to do with jealousy from the podcast and from people we've talked to. Um, I I was chatting with, with someone at the club one night, uh, and I think it was their first night there and we're having a really good conversation and they, they were really new to swinging as well as, as come into the club. And she asked the question, so, so what about jealousy? What happens with jealousy? And I'm like, well, jealousy is going to happen. You just got to work through it. Um, and she was like, what, really? what do you you mean? If I thought if jealousy happens, you have to stop because that's bad. I said, no, 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 no. If jealousy is likely to happen for one or both of you at 
any given point in time, you never know when jealousy is going to hit. Um, and it could be just a little ding really quick, or it could be something really kind of, you know, earth shattering, but it's just something you've got to work through. It's discomfort with whatever you've just seen or, or whatever has been happening that you've got to pay attention to and talk through and try to do that as safely as possible with your partner. But you do have to respect your own feelings in it. You know, when you feel it, you have to be open and honest about, yep, that happened. And it sucked. <laughs> and it sucked. It sucked bad. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but you had it and you can't, like feelings are feelings. You can't control feelings. Feelings happen. They're just a part of you. They're not logical. They're not rational. They're nope. just going to happen. Yeah. yeah. And we've had, definitely have had ups and downs with the, with the jealousy and at differing points, differing levels. I mean, sometimes it's just a pang. You'll, you know, be in the middle of a situation, maybe just be talking with some people and be like, Hey, wait a minute. Like, I don't, I don't really like that. Like, why is she leaning so close to him? Or why does he have his arm around her? Or, you know, what's going on? Or sometimes it can be something really significant and you're like, okay, we need to stop for a moment. We need to talk. We need to deal with this situation. But it, it's also giving your partner the permission to say, stop, if you need to stop and giving yourself the permission to stop it if you need it. And that's, it's sometimes a harder thing to do because again, it's like that you don't want to be the one who like kills the buzz, but it's better. I've found it's better to take the moment if you've in the moment, if you realize it, if you feel it in that moment and it's something that you can kind of divert, do it then rather than holding on to it and coming back around to it and let it fester. Mm-hmm. But for other circumstances, sometimes you won't realize that feeling until maybe the next day or several days later. And you're thinking back on that situation or you're talking about it again. And all of a sudden you start to feel something. So for us, it's just been, we've, We've had to just deal with it on and off as it's been happening. But I don't think, I think I would be more upset if I didn't have occasional moments like that, because then I feel like it didn't matter. Like was, mm-hmm. so it didn't, it didn't impact me. And there wasn't that feeling that with this was something so precious that it deserves sometimes to be taken into consideration. And we have to take those moments to stop and say, okay, let's make sure everyone's feeling good about this. And we're in the right place and we're making the right choices for our relationship because Ultimately, we started this whole journey. Every time we've gotten into this, it's always been in a way to try and make things better for us, for our relationship, to add something to our relationship. And that's the way we approach it. We approach it as we're in this together as a team. And we, that's how we play. That's the kind of dynamic that we look for in other people. And we want things that will help to accentuate our relationship. And we want to be able to accentuate other people's relationships too. Like we want Mm -hmm. those positive outcomes for everyone involved. So yeah, yeah, I don't think, I think I'd be more upset if there wasn't jealousy occasionally. (laughs) Yeah. And for, for me very, very early on, um, kind of going backwards a little bit, but, um, very early on, I struggled with body image issue for sure. And, you know, when we would interact, several of the single guys that we interacted with were much more fit. And they were different sizes and shapes. <laughs> I am an average size guy in terms of penis size. And, and that, I mean, we're so socially programmed to put so much value on that. And it's such a crock of crap. It's just <laughs> not that important. And it took me a while to really 
deeply believe that in my core. And right? a couple of other women to tell him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Several. Yeah. Maybe many. Right. But, <laughs> but that w- the moment that I realized that I, that I had, I had really taken that in and that was perfectly cool now was ridiculously liberating for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a really major kind of a moment for me. It was a, a, a wild realization. Yeah. 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 Yep. Well, thank you for sharing both of yeah. those things and that it's, you know, it's not all easy and it's not mm-hmm. all just fun, even though it's definitely fun. A lot of the mm-hmm. time there are challenges and struggles and, and um, key takeaways, right? Like yeah. that's something that you probably would have never worked through had you not done this. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I, mean. I never would have worked through that. No. I never would have even thought about it. No, I, I didn't even realize I was programmed that deeply until there was a comparison, right? Uh, yeah. So yeah, it never would have happened. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Now can we do the pooper? Um, almost. <laughs> we have one other thing that we should, that we have to talk about first because they have <laughs> special news about using stdcheck.com. For yes. Their... <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Let's do that first. So we've both used the STD check. It started with me because timing wise, he had had a checkup and was able to go through, um, to getting testing through there. And I hadn't had one scheduled for a while. So I went online and I filled in, got the form. It came through so quick and easy. I walked myself into a quest diagnostic, hand him the paper gave my samples, walked out. And I don't even think it was more than a day and a half. And I had my results like on my phone right there for me. And then just after we got back in July. Yeah. From, from our last trip to Hito, I went and got one. Uh, and it was the same. It was really quick, simple, easy, but it was also great to have the information quickly to not have to worry or think about it too much and to just be able to do it. So streamlined. Right. Um, we, we do also get tested through our, uh, our physician, mm-hmm. um, Chris with her OBGYN and me through our, through my primary. Um, yeah. we are now both out to our primary. Yeah, uh, we physician. should, we have the same primary doctor. So, yeah. um, well, and at the last, <laughs> at my last physical checkup, um, we're sitting there and I'm talking to the doctor and telling him about, you know, things and asking for, uh, as far as like testing and health. And, and he looked at me. And now, mind you, this doctor, we've been seeing him for almost 30 years now. (laughs) And he looked at me and he's like, so are you guys like swingers? (laughs) And I looked at him and I was like, yeah, we are. We're, we're in lifestyle. And yes. And he's like, yeah, you know, I've, I've heard about this from a couple of my patients. They say that it can kind of work really well. It like, it's helped their relationship a lot. And we ended up having probably a good five minutes of conversation in the middle of my general yearly checkup about this. And I'm also open to my OBGYN. She is fully aware as well because I asked to do the testing and all, but it was really kind of interesting because our doctor is not quite as old as our parents. No, not quite. Close. close. (laughs) So as I'm sitting, looking at this gentleman, I'm feeling like, okay, this is almost like having a conversation with my parents. Not quite. Um, but it was really kind of interesting how he just kind of looked and he's like, huh? Yeah. 
So I've heard about this and this, by all traditions of where we are, this would probably be easily defined as like a a country doctor. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely more of an old school country doctor kind of an individual, but he was so very like nonchalant. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, yep. that's kind of cool. Yep. I've yep. heard things about that from other patients. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I was yep. like, yeah, it's been amazing. Yep. <laughs> so we, we try and kind of alternate testing, you know, so every, every three months or so, one of us is getting tested through either our doctors or through STD check. Yeah. Um, and that's, that works great. We do play safe, um, for PIV, um, or PIA, mm-hmm. but, uh, not for oral. We don't use barriers right now. No. Nope. No, not at this point. Although we did make sure to bring some to our swing set trip because yeah. we knew that a lot of people there do desire that. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank That's you for awesome. indulging us that shameless plug. And and really what we wanted was the much deeper conversation about it that you that you went into, which is awesome to hear about all that. And that your doctor was so uh, responsive. That's yeah, amazing. no, yep. that's amazing. We do feel lucky. We've heard yeah. some horror stories about yeah. people talking mm-hmm. to their doctors about it. So it's yeah. not for everyone, for sure. We, no. we were very lucky. But doctors like therapists, sometimes you might have to switch if you don't find the right fit. Like That's right. Yep. That's right. You yep. have to be your own yep. advocate sometimes. Yep. And yep. Very much so. We yeah. need to change it. Well, and I guess we could say we're, um, as far as who are we out to, um, oh gosh! <laughs> <laughs> so we're out to our doctors now. Right. We're out to uh, my brother and good uh, segue, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Right? Thank you didn't even have to you. ask the question. <laughs> Check no it worries. out. Right? No worries. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Finn. <laughs> um, and so your brother, yeah, yep. and your doctors, yep. Um, a couple of our close um, friends we're out that are not in lifestyle out, uh, beyond the, our lifestyle friends. But that's basically it at this point. Like we believe one of our children is pretty much aware of, but has not actually breached the subject yet. The other one probably doesn't give two hoots, you know, Mm -hmm. they're still in their own. Yeah. Who wants to know about sex life? Yeah, I know. Seriously. That's the thing. So, and, and we've always had a philosophy because we basically kind of grew up with our kids that, you know, if they ask the question, we're going to answer the question and we're going to be honest, but we've also told them, if you ask the question, you better be ready for the answer. Mm-hmm. So when one of them kind of like skirted around and made like a little rude remark about it or something, when we were going out one night and like, Oh, you guys are swingers, aren't you? And I looked, I was like, are you asking me a question? Like straight at their face. And they went, uh, no. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, that's fine. You know, <laughs> it's Okay. <laughs> As you said, nobody wants to know about their parents' sex life. (laughs) That's awesome. And everyone you've told has gone over fairly well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It's been, it's been good for us. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we have heard some horror stories about people disconnecting from, from friends or whatever, but we've been pretty picky. Um, We are still very cautious about things. I mean, within our community and work, it's certainly not something that we think would be absolutely devastating, but it could be, it could make life uncomfortable. So we're not fully out and open in this environment, but the more that we meet people, the more opportunities we get to explore and, and have conversations and be able to share a little bit here and there, the more that we kind of become open because just sharing the philosophy of being accepting and and open to everyone whatever their interests are, whatever their, their loves are, 
you know, that that should be the way in which we would want to be in our lives helps us. And that's actually, I mean, we're very involved in our church and, you know, that's the philosophy that I would carry through. I would say, and some people would say that this was against something, you know, people quote against religions, they quote against all kinds of philosophy and what have you. And I say, you know, that's just, that's decided by how you choose to live your life. And as far as I'm concerned, I choose to live my life in one that accepts all people and is wanting for everyone to have happiness and love in their life. And I don't want to encourage anything other than that. So that's kind of what we just try to share. Yep. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I do too. Well, Emma, can we finally do the blueprint? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you act like I was the one that's stopping it. <laughs> right, you go first. You, you got yours, yours, I think. Or maybe I should go first because yours might be you better. Go, you go first. Okay. Go first. So my blooper. <laughs> so we had, like we told you, we had gone on these two different vacations recently, July and just recently in November. And I actually was fortunate enough to have, because there's theme nights in both realms on each night, a costume that worked at both places. So the first costume was, I wore it in Hedo. And on that night, the costume itself is like a bright lime green. And they had body paints, glow body paints out for people to use. So I'm wearing my costume. Somebody comes over with glow body paint all over their hands. And they're like, who wants some body paint? And I said, oh, that matches my dress. And they so they take both their hands and they plant them squarely on my breasts. So there's these bright handprints, but unless you're in the glow light, you can't see the handprints because they're the same color, the, 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 as the glow fabric. paint as the fabric. Mm-hmm. Well, what I didn't, I didn't remember about those brought the costume home, washed the costume, didn't think that there was anything there, was able to wear it in a different context for the November trip that we just came back from. We're out at the courtyard. We're dancing. We're having fun. And then there was music going on up at the disco. Somebody said, Hey, let's all go up to the disco. We go up to the disco with a couple of other couples that we were hanging out with. And they have black lights and they have the black lights up. there. <laughs> and one of the couples, the male of one of the couples, he went to sit down cause he didn't want to dance. And I'm dancing on the dance floor. And I turn around and look over at him. And the, just at the moment that the black light catches the glow paint and he bursts out laughing and I have no idea what's so hysterical to him. And I turn back around to his wife and my husband and they are laughing. And I don't know why these people are laughing at me only to look down and be able to see these glowing handprints on my breasts that I didn't think were still there on this costume, but they were very pronounced and they were hysterical looking. And everyone thought Mm -hmm. that I had done this on purpose, which was even better, Mm -hmm. but I hadn't, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I had completely forgotten they were there, Yep. but it was so funny. Oh my gosh. His reaction. If I could have, if I could have like taped it, it would have been priceless. Mm -hmm. He lost it. He was, he was about crying sitting there watching that. So, yep. So my That's amazing. Uh, yeah, I know. It was really <laughs> what what's good is that you wore that dress to another lifestyle event and not to like a vanilla work party. <laughs> oh, where, where there's black lights. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been interesting, right? Where there'd have been black lights there. Wow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, we exactly. have been known to go so, to uh, vanilla Halloween parties. So uh, oh. you got to remember not to wear that. Yeah, I won't wear that ever again. <laughs> 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 oh, 
<laughs> yep. We get a whole lot of questions. Yep. Yikes. Yep. Yep. So go for it. So my right, blooper. Fred, let's hear it. <laughs> so my blooper uh, happened at the playroom at Hedo. So it, there were two actually. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't think of which one to do. But yeah. anyway, okay. So, so, uh, so we're in the playroom, and one of our friends with a group of people, and one of our friends has another of our friends up against a wall, and um, he is got excellent skill at helping women squirt. So he's working on that with her, and all of a sudden she really lets go and squirts like crazy and it was super sexy and then a, another of our friends shouts out clean up on aisle 10 and fred runs over with a towel <laughs> to present to the two of them as they're standing there and this entire playroom comes to a stop as they all laugh hysterically because everyone had caught the like they heard then they caught the joke punchline and the next thing you know they see him running buck-ass naked across the way with a towel to present to this couple that's standing against the wall. <laughs> Always the gentleman. Oh, and, one of those, and one of the wet floor signs. So yeah. Nice. <laughs> if only I had one. Absolutely. That would have been great. <laughs> Put the little tripod stand right next to them. <laughs> Now you know what to bring next year, right? That's, That's right. right. There we That's go. Right. We do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. Awesome. Okay. So yeah. Well So there's a there's a couple of bloopers. Awesome. Well thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. that's perfect. And they're they're bound to be right. It's all part of the fun. Oh yeah, I mean, and that's part of the fun of it too. Like you, when you're with a whole bunch of people, or even if you're just with another couple or an individual, every now and then something awkward will happen, something funny will happen, and if you if you can't just stop and have a good laugh in this moment, like maybe you need to take a moment and figure out is this really are you really comfortable in that? Because I think those are some of the best moments. Those like little pauses in between things when somebody says something or someone needs a moment and you're just either you're just lying there and enjoying a little bit of respite time or something funny happens and everyone just bursts out laughing. It's just like, if there are those human moments that just make it even more fun. So the connections. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> well, thank you both for everything. Is there any final parting words of wisdom or thoughts you wanted to share with us? Uh, before we let you get along with your evening? I'm not sure. I mean, I I think one of the biggest things that I would say for me is that if there's people who, anyone who hears or considering or listening or contemplating such things or explorations of it, I, I always encourage to try something and at least to try it, you know, twice if you can, <laughs> but, you know, to just keeping in mind the the way the words in which words said before about like, you can try something and it's perfectly fine. If you don't or do like it, you're still the same person after you try it. And you, you'll never know something new if you don't try. So there's the opportunity in this that can give you something, or it can at least give you a better insight into something that maybe you want to try a different direction. And the communication for us, the connection that we've developed between the two of us regardless of all the other people who we've experienced in this um, exploration and lifestyle has really gone far beyond anything I could have ever contemplated. And for that, I am really like 
enjoying and appreciating the lifestyle for our dynamic. And, but you, it's going to be, it's going to be rocky. There's going to be times where you're going to have challenges and it's working through those challenges that are going to make it even stronger. It's just keep in mind what's important. If you start together, you end together. If it's about you as a couple, then keep that as your focus. And I think you've got, you know, got a good chance at least at trying something and maybe finding something you really love doing. Yeah. At this point, I don't, yeah. I, I don't think we've ever had as much faith as we do in each other that <laughs> pretty much anything that's set in front of us, we can figure it out yeah. at this point. Yeah. Yep. It's amazing. Yeah. And thank you so much for sharing with us. I think that, uh, you know, a lot of people will get a lot out of your story. Yeah. Thanks. Well, so I would agree. We've gotten a lot out of all the interactions we've had with all the people that we've met over the years through this. And, and we've I gotten guess, a lot of the stories that we've heard from before for all the podcasts that we've listened up to this moment. And so, especially for the people who've shared their stories on your podcast, it's just, those have been some incredibly valuable opportunities to hear and just the humanity of it and all the different options and possibilities. So I definitely want to thank you guys for what you're doing. And Absolutely. I hope you keep on doing it for a very long time. Um, and <laughs> well, thank you. thanks to all the other podcasters out there. And also to, um, to really just to everyone that we've, we've interacted with during this journey, because they've all contributed in small and large ways to us becoming um, and having a, a great relationship. So, so it's all, all the good, bad, and the ugly has been wonderful. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Well, awesome. And we, we appreciate that and we will, we're happy to do it and we're happy to do it as long as we possibly can. So thank you for that. Yeah. And, and thank you for being a part of it because you're now part of the, the archives of helping other people. <laughs> Yay. All right. Well, with that, we can let you get along with your evening. We know it's late there. And uh, we'll wrap it up. We'll wrap it up. Yeah. So have Thanks, a nice right. Good night. Thanks. Thank Take you. care. We're back. Right? Yep. We are back. <laughs> Don't I just give you were me gonna, faces. I thought you were going to say something else. Thank you to Chris and Fred. Uh, it was amazing meeting you two at our meet and greet. And we couldn't be happier that you chose to, came up, to come on the show as well. And thank you for the shameless plug for stdcheck.com. Yes. For anybody who is listening and still listening, if you want to save $10 on that, you can go to our website, again, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, click on the links there, and you will be able to save $10 off, and it supports your favorite podcasters <laughs> or second favorite podcasters. We're usually in the top two. At any sort of favorite podcasters, as long as it's us. Right. <laughs> Or our friends. Or our friends. That's All true. Right, enough of this. Thank you again, Chris and Fred. And next week we have... Daniel. Daniel. Yeah. Grew up in a non-monogamous household and is now also non-monogamous himself. Very interesting conversation. Also, yeah. aspiring stripper. <laughs> yes. Which is, is pretty cool. He is. So come back next Wednesday and listen to that. And between that, you can be on the lookout for this Friday, a trailer coming out from us for these Focus Friday episodes. All right. With that, have a great rest of the week and we will see you on Friday. Thanks for listening.